The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of His name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father will you bow He can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which He stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come Sheltered from the coming storm While you have breath 
You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm Who are you? Who are you? I don't mean what's your profession. I don't mean I'm a businessman, I'm a doctor, I'm a psychologist, I'm a laborer, I'm a factory worker, I'm a policeman, I'm a nurse. I don't mean that. I mean, who are you? On the inside, who are you? What is your self-talk about who you are? And that raises the second question. What is your life about? Who are you? And what is your life about? Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. We're going to look at these questions because the answer to these questions will determine whether you can enter into Jesus or whether you have entered into Jesus. The way you answer these questions will determine whether you have a life of joy and peace or whether you have a life of depression and discouragement always struggling, always beating yourself up, never quite coming through, wanting to give up and walk away and say, I can't do this, it's too hard. The way you answer those questions will make all the difference in your life. So, again, I ask, who are you? When you... Self-talk, what do you say? I am. What are you? What is your life about? When you think about your time and your money, your energy, what is your life about? What do you do? with your time and your energy and your thoughts and your mind, what do you do with it? What do you think about? Well, I'll answer the question for me. You might think I would answer this question by saying, 
I'm pastor. But no, that is not who I am. Pastor does not define me. Well, what defines you, pastor? (laughs) Well, what defined the Apostle Paul? If you look at Romans 1.1, the Apostle Paul says, I am a servant of Jesus. Well, in the Greek, there are a number of different kinds of servants. So the English doesn't really give us the full meaning of what the Apostle Paul is saying about who he is. In the Greek, there is a servant who has the right of ownership of property. There is a servant who can have the right of marriage and have children, and they cannot be taken from him. He cannot be separated from them. That's not what Paul said. The Apostle Paul said, I am a servant I am a doulos servant. Now, that's a very special kind of servant. It's a servant who recognizes that they are totally owned by their master, that they do not have a right to hold property. They do not have a right to ownership of money or things. They do not have a right to marriage or children. They have no rights that are not granted to them by their master. They are wholly owned by their master. They have no separate self-life from their master. So when the Apostle Paul says, I am a doulos of Jesus, he is saying, Jesus owns me lock, stock, and barrel. Total ownership by Jesus. Now, what is my confession before you? I am a do loss slave. I don't have the right of ownership of money, I don't have the right of property ownership. I don't have the right of children. I don't have the right of marriage. None of these things are my rights. I may have them only as granted to me by my master. Jesus is my master. So if I'm entered into Jesus, I have given up all human personal rights. I've surrendered those to Jesus. So where I go, what I spend, all belong to Jesus. A man who has been growing toward the idea that he would like to enter into Jesus and be a Christian, in fact, he would call himself a Christian today, But he wanted to go see the the Tom Cruise 
movie. So off he went to the movies. And I said to him, was that movie grown on the tree of life by Jesus, or was that movie grown on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Well, he had to confess that it was grown on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, so I said to him, you had the right to go and see the movie because it was a good, quote unquote, movie. Yes. I said, then you are not in Jesus Christ. What do you mean? If it was not grown on the tree of life, if it was not grown in Jesus, you're called to separate yourself from the world and touch no unclean thing. And anything grown on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is something you don't touch when you're in Christ Jesus. So if you want to enter into Jesus, if you want the peace and joy and life, if you want that in Jesus Christ, you cannot have what is grown on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, let's take a moment and and look at this. Most of us grew up being taught we should not touch that which was considered evil. But that which is considered good in the world, that's our bailiwick. That's what we want. We want what is good in the world. But Jesus said, love not the world or anything in the world that was in First John. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Don't love it. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. So if if you are still loving the things that grow on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, like I have the right of ownership, I can spend my money, quote unquote, my money, the way I want to spend my money, I can read whatever I want to read. I can go wherever I want to go. I'm in charge of my life. Okay, fine. Be in charge of your life. But you are not in Christ Jesus. You are not a doulos slave of Jesus. You are your own master. And when you're your own master, you're going to be struggling for success You're going to have expectations of your children and your family. You're going to have anger when those expectations are not met. When you're hit, you're going to strike out. You're not going to walk in the peace and joy and fullness of Jesus. You are going to have instead no inner sense, no inner testimony the Holy Spirit with your spirit, that you are in Christ Jesus. Part of what I have to deal with as a servant of Jesus, as people call me who listen to this broadcast, and they're in a quandary, they're in a hard place, they're they're struggling to know 
how do I deal, pastor? How, how do I deal with this in my life? I'm, I get so angry and I'm filled with such rage and I, I'm so impatient and I'm, yes, because you're still your master. You're still not in Jesus. Oh, you might think, okay, I'm going into Jesus now. Until the devil comes and says, hey, come on, wait a minute, you belong to me. And I know many, many Christians, in fact, most American Christians, are what is called lukewarm Christians. What's a lukewarm Christian? A lukewarm Christian is a person who has not yet been willing to embrace the fact that they must become do-loss slaves to Jesus. They still consider themselves to be independent. They still consider themselves to have rights. And if those rights are violated by another person or those rights are violated by a husband or a wife, woo, angry time, maybe even fight time, violent time. A clear sign that that person still considers themselves in charge of their lives. And most Christians in America, quote, unquote, have one foot where they're trying to step into Jesus and one foot over here walking in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that has to be broken. Or you cannot enter into Jesus. So if you're struggling, you're depressed, you're down, you're angry, you're making accusations against others and against God. If you're making judgments and saying, that person's not a Christian, that person's this and that person's this. No. No, God invites you through the blood of Jesus Christ to enter fully into him. Jesus is not pleased with a lukewarm Christian. He said, I'm about to spew you or vomit you out of my mouth. We're very quickly coming in America to the crisis point where you must make a decision. Are you a servant, a do-loss servant of Jesus Christ? Or are you a volunteer once in a while to do something for Jesus, but you're still in charge of your own life and your own way? You're called to be a servant of Jesus. You're called to lay it all down. So that that man who still owns himself can go to church and have a wonderful time. 
But when he comes home, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And it's got to be about carving out my space in the world and being somebody and accomplishing everything I need to accomplish and taking care of my family and doing this and doing that. And, and here I am. I'm competent. I'm responsible. And I'm the man. Okay. I hear you. I'm, I've been there. But you're a lukewarm Christian. You're a lukewarm Christian. And you're not going to be able to enter into Jesus. You're not going to be able to know the peace of God ruling in your life. You're not going to know the joy the wonderful, wonderful joy of walking in Jesus through the darkest paths of this earth, being persecuted and cursed and spit upon as Jesus was. No, you're going to be a pleaser. You're going to be a a Bible bopper. You're going to be a corrector of men. I heard one man actually say, I have to discipline my wife. <laughs> well, needless to say, that's not a very happy marriage. No, his job is not to discipline his wife. His job is to lay his life down for his, for his precious wife, even as he has laid his life down first for Jesus. How can a man lay his life down for his wife if he's never laid his life down for Jesus? He can't. It's impossible. So, who am I? I'm a do-lost slave of Jesus Christ. What's my life about? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, that is his innocence. And all these other things that the pagans run after, food, shelter, transportation, all of these things will be given to you. So what is my life about? My life is about building the kingdom of Jesus Christ through love and compassion, integrity, confronting evil when necessary. Now, the way I'm called to do that is different than the way you're called to do it. Most of you are not called to daily be on the radio and the YouTube. That's okay. You may be called to be a nurse. You may be called to be a housewife. You may be called to be a doctor or a teacher We're an office worker, an IT worker. But in that place, you are first and foremost called to be a do-loss slave of Jesus Christ. And in that place, then, you're called to be about building the kingdom of God in that place through loving service to your fellow man, They're walking in integrity, excellence of work, not being lazy, but being responsible. 
You're called in that place to bear witness by both word and action that Jesus Christ is your master and to find others who would also want the joy that fills your heart and fills your life. Like one man said to me, you know, I don't believe in talking about my religion. I believe in living it. I said, well, how's that going for you? You've been at work for 30 years. You're ready to retire. How many people in those 30 years have ever asked you about your walk with Jesus? Well, he said, no one. Well, how many people have you won to Jesus in these 30 years at your job? No one. Well, evidently, when people look at you, they seem to think that you're one of them. They don't see that you are a do-loss to Jesus. They see that you're a, you're a worldly person just like they are. Same goals, same objectives. There are many wonderful, compassionate pagans. Some of the nicest people I know are pagan people or Muslim people. Not Christians. I've been treated worse by pastors and Christians than I've ever been treated by pagans or Muslims. I don't like to say that, but it's true. Christians seem to get uneasy when you begin to ask them, are you a do-lost slave of Jesus? Have you given up the right of your money? Do you now recognize that all of your money belongs to Jesus? Not just 10%. That's claimed in the Old Covenant, and I believe in the New Covenant, but I believe the New Covenant goes much further, saying all of your money belongs to Jesus that all of your money belongs to him. All of your time belongs to Jesus. All of your energy belongs to Jesus. Your car belongs to Jesus. Your house, if you own it, belongs to Jesus. Everything you have is his if you are a do-lost slave. And he has the right to tell you, give this car to this person. They need it more than you do. And I'll, I'll find you another car. <laughs> do you hear what I'm saying to you today? Romans 1.1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. He was a servant and refers to himself as a servant of doulos, before he refers to himself as an apostle. So, who am I? I'm a doulos. I'm a builder of the kingdom of God. I build the kingdom of God by broadcasting. I build the kingdom of God by one-on-one ministry to precious men and women and children. I'm a revivalist, but I am not first a revivalist. I am not first a man who preaches. I'm not first 
a man who shows love and compassion for the poor and the homeless. I'm not first a loving husband or a loving father. I am first a do lost slave. And then as a do lost slave, I begin to do the things that God calls me to do. Now I have to ask you another another question. What are your addictions? What is an addiction? I asked a woman who had been an alcoholic for many years, who finally was able by the power of God to break free. And now for probably 10 years, she's been completely clean and dry. I asked her, what is an addiction? And her answer was very informing. It's a chronic relapsing disorder. It always has elements of the demonic in it. Why an element of the demonic in it? Because it draws you away from the heart of Jesus. It fulfills some dark lust of your heart that tears at your character or your health that causes you to be ineffective and unhappy. One woman that I listened to said, I have recognized over the last year that my mental health has declined. This is a woman in her 20s, late 20s. She said, I have seen that my mental health has declined The only thing that changed in my life is that I began to spend a great deal of time on Facebook and in other social media elements. She said, I finally isolated the fact that my decline of my mental health was directly connected to my online life. And so I made a decision that I would go days at a time with my cell phone turned off. I wouldn't take calls. I wouldn't go on any social media. And with a bright smile, she said, guess what happened to me? I have regained my mental health. I'm not going crazy. Why? because she broke the addiction of her social media lust. She said, as I was watching all of this media, I began to think how ugly I am. I began to think how unsuccessful I am. I began to be very dissatisfied with the life that I have. I began to look at other people and say, They have the perfect life. I wish I had a life like that. She said, I had to break that addiction. 
and I've regained my stability. I know I'm not ugly. I know I am a happy person. Well, many of you listening to this broadcast, I suspect, have a declining mental health because of Facebook or TikTok or some other social media outlet. And the only solution for it is, in the name of Jesus, rebuke that chronic, relapsing disorder, having to look at your telephone a hundred times a day. Believe it or not, I have people who come into church and immediately their their cell phone's out and they're checking messages. People even in the worship service pulling their cell phone out and checking messages. And I've come to the point where when I see it, I stop preaching and I ask them to please put your telephone away. But I'll go further today and say to you, your cell phone is probably the greatest danger in your life. Your iPad and your computer are probably the greatest dangers you have to being a Christian, to entering into Jesus. Now, some of you are not going to like that, but I know it's true. You will slowly lose your mental health as you enter into an addiction of social media. There are many other addictions. The addiction of alcohol, of drugs, of sex. Addictions to work, to being successful. These addictions drive you. They are chronic relapsing disorders. And there is in every one of these a demonic presence. They are fed on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So please identify what are your addictions and almost No, I'll say it another way. Every person who is not in Jesus Christ has addictions. Because you're feasting on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You may say, Pastor, what I'm doing is really good. But it's an addiction. It's not good. It consumes your time. It consumes your energy, your money. Some of you, this one man, he was addicted, addicted, addicts, an addict, addicted to a boxing video, to a boxing game. 
All he wanted to do was come home from work and play his boxing game. Violence in his heart. It was an addiction. But the only answer was to give his life up and enter into Jesus. And he was unwilling to do that. And so he spent great amounts of time and energy fighting against his addiction. Now you can, if you try hard enough, break some addictions. Some addictions you can just put down, but you can't break them. A sex addiction is almost impossible to break. It's repressed. It's controlled, but not removed. And many other addictions that I could speak about. Any addiction, when you stop going there to that relapsing disorder, you have withdrawal pains. When Jesus told me, stop watching the television, Ray. Turn it off. I turned it off. I thought I'd die. Not going to social media, not going to the television, This was years ago. My drug of choice was television. It's no longer an addiction in my life. It's been removed by Jesus. But I went through very painful withdrawal and fighting, saying, do I really want to be in Jesus or do I want to be a lukewarm Christian? And have what I want. No, I don't. I want Jesus, brothers, sisters. I want Jesus. I want everything he has for us. I don't want addictions. I want to walk in freedom and joy. You know, once you taste the fullness of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit, nothing can compare with it. Everything else is trash in your mouth. You can't stand it. You know, the world no longer has a hold on me. It's not what I'm about. I'm about Jesus. And all this week, we're going to talk about those things that keep us from entering into Jesus. I want to enter into Jesus. I want to be filled to the utter fullness with his Holy Spirit. I want to build his kingdom. I want to walk in him. I want to know him. When I look in the scriptures... This passage of scripture just shouts at me. In Romans, the sixth chapter, 
What then shall we say? Continue in sin so that the grace may increase? Certainly not. We who died to sin, how shall we live in it? You understand? There's only one way you can make Jesus the Lord and Master of your life, and that is by a supernatural act of God who brings you into Jesus when you utterly die of yourself. And you can't put yourself to death. It is going to require a circumcision done by the hands of Jesus in your heart and in your life. But you have to make a decision to allow that circumcision of your life to take place. You have to make a decision and say, all right, I'm done with my life. I'm done. I had to look at my life and say, I'm not pleased with what I've done or what I've accomplished. I'm not happy. I need Jesus. And of course, I, like most of you, have tried to get Jesus by a little bit. Okay, Jesus, take over my life. I trust you. I give you my life, Jesus. But reservations. I'll give you my life, Jesus, but not all of it. I still reserve the right to walk out when I want to walk out. When I've had enough, I'll walk out and eat some of the world. That's how most of you are. You cannot enter into Jesus that way. What if Jesus came to you and he said to you, look, you want to enter into me? Then would you please lay down right here on the floor, on the carpet, and I'm going to take your breath, I'm going to take your life, You're going to die, and your family's going to do a funeral for you. Would you say, yes, Jesus? Or would you say, no, 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 Jesus, I have a wife. I have a husband. I have children. Don't you understand, Jesus? I have a job. I have responsibilities. And Jesus would say, oh, I thought you said you wanted to be in me. You can't be alive and be in me. Oh, now are you really ready to lay your life down for Jesus Christ? See, this is what I have to deal with, with you, with people who come to the prayer chapel. There is the expectation of the human heart that it can retain its ownership and take on also the wonderful, wonderful message of Jesus Christ. You can't do it. You either belong to Jesus, or you have one foot 
in and one foot out. And when it gets too hot and too uncomfortable, you're going to pull that foot out because you still are fed by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, people have said to me, and and frankly, I have to be honest with you. I used to say this to my dad. Daddy, what's wrong with doing this? There's nothing in it that's sinful. One of the things that I said, I'll be honest. One of the things I said, Daddy, why can't we go to the theater and see this movie? There's nothing wrong with this movie. He said, well, that may be true. But tonight, let's go downtown, and we can have dinner downtown. And we can go to the garbage cans, and we can open them up and see if we could find something good to eat. And he said, I think if we go outside of some restaurants, we could probably find something in the garbage that would be really tasty. I said, Daddy, I don't want to eat out of a garbage can. He said, yes, you do. You want to go to the theater. The theater is a garbage can. It stinks. I said, whoa. And then he added something on it that shocked me. He said, and Raymond, when you go into the garbage can to get your dinner, I'm not going with you. I looked at him. He said, that's right. Jesus doesn't go with you into the garbage can. You're on your own. Well, the food might be spoiled, Daddy. Well, that's right. That's the risk you take. Because Jesus won't be there with you. I've never forgotten Daddy saying that to me. Now, after that, I grew up and I went to a couple movies and I said, well, there's nothing wrong with this. It's okay. But that movie led me to another movie until finally, in my early years, every Friday, I would go to an action flick filled with violence and filled with wickedness. I had to repent and stop eating out of the garbage can. What garbage can are you eating out of today? Some of you are eating out of the garbage can of romance novels. Some of you are just eating out of novels. And you know what the word novel means, don't you? It means lies. Some of you are just filling your heart with entertaining lies. Is that taking you closer to Jesus? Some of you some of you are going to pornography. Is that drawing you closer to Jesus? Some of you are eating out of your rage and your anger and your self-righteousness. Is that bringing peace in your family? Is that drawing your heart closer to Jesus? Where are you eating today? Have you 
surrender to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and think that because it seems good, it's okay for you? Please, may I say to you, you will not even understand the difference between good and evil as long as you eat from the tree. You only understand the difference when you go and eat from the tree of life, and the tree of life is our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you're eating from Jesus alone, the world will have a particular stench to it that you'll recognize in a heartbeat when someone comes to you and and says something you'll instantly recognize whether it's of the spirit of God or whether it's of the spirit of darkness. See, in darkness, there's both good and evil. So tomorrow we're going to go even more in depth. I'm going to share some stories out of scripture, out of the book of Numbers. We're going to go in depth into chapter 6. We're going to talk about what it really means to walk with Jesus and to be in Jesus. Well, we're almost out of time for this broadcast today. I'm really happy you were here. I pray this has been helpful to you. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, If you've been listening on the Internet and you want to go to the chat line, give me some reaction. If you'd like to write to me, write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. If you'd like to go check out things online, go to nationalprayerchapel.com. And by the way, there you will find something brand new we've just set up and started still refining, and that is an online internet radio. And you can find many messages they're playing. You just click it on and it'll play. Uh, Every day, new messages will be playing. I hope we can do some live interviews on the internet radio. Uh, To get to that radio, you can click a link on our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, or you can just enter the webpage uh, for the internet radio, which is revivalnow.church, revivalnow.church. And you can connect with the internet radio on your cell phone or your computer, and you can hear messages that will draw your heart to Jesus and convict you of sin and set your peace, your pace, your path, your feet on the way to heaven. I want to thank those of you who have been so wonderfully giving already this month. Many of you have begun to give for the radio cost. All of the money that you give goes for the radio expense. Thank you very much. I don't take salary out of that money. It's there for the cost of the radio. We've had quite a bit of expense in setting up the internet radio. 
it's there for you, let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your responses. All right, let's pray. Lord, we come now in your name asking that you would do that work of bringing about our death in the flesh and giving us new birth into you, Jesus. I ask that you would circumcise our hearts, removing the heart of flesh and giving us an understanding of the deep things of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I come praising you and worshiping you. My heart is filled with joy and peace because of your presence. I know you've been in this broadcast. I know that you have touched the hearts of men and women. I pray, Lord, for your mighty Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, my brother and my sister. I love you. I look forward to hearing you soon. His glory with great joy, with great joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with